Shabbat Shalom everyone, Daniel Luria from Ateret Kohanim here in the heart of Yerushalayim, Parshat Vayishlach. And he sent. Who sends? Why sent? What do they do there? What do they do over here? We'll come to shortly. But this week I'm actually going to reverse things. In case someone doesn't listen to the whole Dvar Torah, I thought I'd start with some news of Israel and Ateret Kohanim news. Uh, this week, uh, some of you may have seen that one of our rabbis and residents of one of our buildings from Bet uh, Wittenberg happened to be in the right spot at the right time and shot an Arab terrorist who had just stabbed, um, thank God, and lightly injuring two Border Patrol policemen as they were walking along Rehov Hagai. For those of you who don't know where Rehov Hagai is, it's the main road uh, that goes from the Damascus Gate to the Kotel, literally uh, underneath the yeshiva Ateret Yerushalayim, a few metres away from where Reb Nehemi Lavir was, uh, was killed when he struggled with a terrorist a few years ago. In fact, the square that was, that's mamish right there, has just been named two weeks ago, Bravery Square. And Reb Aviv Tsuberi uh, happened to be, like I said, at the right place and shot the terrorists uh, together with the Border Patrol policemen who managed to uh, stand, and even though they were injured, they'll be okay, and the Arab terrorist is, uh, is dead. Uh, there are attempts from time to time. It's fine to walk around, so please don't be hesitant. We'll be, you can walk and go anywhere. Uh, yes, sometimes eyes have to be open, um, and unfortunately, Arab terrorism is not going to go away. Our families in the Yemenite village are uh, under a fire in a, a lot more ways than, uh, than most people even can comprehend. Uh, and this hatred which is there in some parts of the Arab world, trying to stop us walking the streets of Jerusalem, trying to drive us out of Jerusalem, will not succeed. Uh, for every person uh, that, uh, that is stabbed, for every terror act, we will add somehow even more Jewish life. Uh, we have Amisol, I know, believes in what we do and will stand by our side and will fight this hatred. The only way we can defeat hatred is by having greater Jewish life, Torah, love of Torah and more Jewish families. Uh, something else, I can't say exactly where this took place because um, I don't want issues with, uh, uh, with anyone. Uh, but we've been told that one of our buildings, um, in retrospect, has burial graves under it. So we're in the process now, and it's a very interesting project. Already we found a Byzantine cave. Uh, it's like 1,700 years old. Um, and uh, the few bones that are there are being reburied. Uh, a lot of debris, a lot of dirt being taken out. A very, very uh, delicate and important exercise. Not just for Kahanim, everyone can be involved in this, although we're very special. Kohen uh, in America has already uh, given some money towards this, uh, this project. There are a lot of things to be done. And I think we have to have everyone walking the alleyways of Yerushalayim. Uh, unfortunately, Turkey is going out in a very big way. And their tentacles, their octopus tentacles are all over Jerusalem. Uh, there are huge funds that the Turkish government and organisations are pumping into the eastern neighbourhoods of Yerushalayim. There's two groups that are coming and we need to counter that. Uh, we are standing at the forefront uh, opposite all of this and we need Amisil standing by our side. So that's the news from the day. I look forward to all your involvement. Hanukkah is definitely the time. Maccabim of old, Maccabees of today. In any case, the enemy, in this case, in this week's parasha, uh, was really a twin brother. Uh, Asaph, as we know, was coming with 400 people and Yaakov is coming back after a 20-plus year break. Hadn't seen his, uh, his brother. Uh, there was a lot of hatred and animosity there. Two nations going in two different directions, two people, two nations. 
And uh, in some way he was afraid, but he wasn't afraid physically of his own life. He was afraid for his camp. He was afraid uh, about the merits, obviously, that Esau had. I mean, let's, let's face it, if we're honest with each other, Esau was looking after his parents, was there, Kibud Avvaem, for 20 plus years. He was living in Eretz Israel. Esau, uh, that's Esau, and Yaakov wasn't. And he was scared of the Zchuyot uh, that maybe Esau had had. Um, I've always had a question, an interesting, something I've never understood. Maybe whoever's listening to this can give me an answer. You know how uh, Yaakov divided up his whole f- massive family, his whole camp into two camps. And his logic, as specifically said, not by the Mefrashim, by the, the Torah says, and he split them off. So if one camp is destroyed with some of his wives and children, the other camp will survive. What? If Esau destroys one camp, it would be hard to chase the second camp. It's not like they can catch a plane and go overseas. Where was that second camp going to go? And why would the second camp be saved just because they were split? Never understood that logic, but many things I don't understand that it's my, my problem. In any case, um, he has to be wary. He has to get ready for Esau. And as we know, he does three things. And it's maybe a, a recipe anytime we're faced with problems or an enemy. How do you deal with the enemy? Do you try and make peace? Are there gifts maybe? Yes, maybe it's an attempt should be made, even with an enemy. Uh, obviously, you can't take God out of the picture. You need God to meet you halfway or a quarter of the way or some part of the way. So, Davant Hashem, there's gifts, there's praying to Hashem and you have to be ready to fight also. Sitting back and just waiting for God does not help anyone. If there an enemy is coming towards you, you don't sit there and just say, God, please stop the enemy. You put your hands up and you defend yourself and you fight. Of course, you can't just fight and take God out of the picture. And you can't also try and attempt to uh, salvage something and speak to the other side. But it may not always be possible. Uh, There are some instances where it's not possible. So they're the three ways to deal with problems that we have, as we're told by the Mefrashim and many people write about it. Um, It's also interesting, when they finally meet, most of you won't know this unless you get an aliyah, uh, women for sure wouldn't know this because uh, they haven't been called to the Torah. But when Esav meets Yaakov, he hugs and kisses him. And above the Hebrew word for the Neshikah, there's actually dots. Now, anyone knows the Torah, there's no vowels, there's no nothing. But above the words, and he hugs him and kisses him, is a whole lot of dots. And the question is why? What is that all about? Some of Farshim say it's to show that even though he kissed him, he didn't really mean it. He couldn't trust him even with the kiss. Other Mefrashim say no, that the kiss was actually a very true kiss, a shine of true affection between two brothers, even if they are going two different directions. But both explanations, all the Mefrashim, they still agree, regardless of whether it was a momentary act of affection and true love, both sides, all Mefrashim still say, Aval Esav sonel Yaakov. Not Yaakov sonel Esav. Esav sonel Yaakov. We still need to be very, very careful, even when there is that love, affection, hug and kiss in inverted commas. One must be very, very careful. Anyway, that's enough about Esav and Yaakov. We'll just finish off maybe with something short about dinner. Uh, uh, not the food, not the uh, evening meal, but dinner, the daughter. Uh, at one point, she seems to be missing because when they're talking about the sons, about that he wants to divide them up into two camps, where's dinner? According to the Mefarshim and the Midrashim, she's hidden away. 
hidden away. And according to Rashi, he's hidden away because Yaakov didn't want Esav to put his eyes on Dinah. The last thing he wanted was some relationship between Dinah and Esav. Maybe he thought it would be, uh, uh, he thought badly of Esav for that, for that moment. And some people say that it was even punished for that later on. That he shouldn't have thought badly of him. And he should have given more hope uh, and respect even for Dinah. But he hides Dinah away. He thought the worst of Dinah. But from here we learn something interesting. That maybe there was enormous power to what Dinah could have done in general. Maybe there's enormous power what women can do to their husbands or to the future husbands. Uh, we have to remember that Esav had generations of his own parents of Yitzchak and Avraham in his life and yet he turned out to be Esav. And yet we see from here the power of women at the dinner could have actually made a huge influence and changed everything in Esav's life. As we know, uh, the shocking story that she was molested, she was raped, she was taken by Shechem and the people in Shechem, because it's not just the individual, the people around uh, who were silent and did nothing are also like that. You know, uh, I remember once upon a time someone had an argument with someone about an Arab terrorist. Oh, it's just an Arab terrorist. What about his family? What about the imam? What about his friends that are in favour of what he did by, by killing a little baby in a cot? Are they not responsible? Are they not guilty? Are they not just in the same boat as the person, the terrorist, the filthy terrorist who kills a baby in a cot in some yeshuv? And what about the PA and the people that name a town square after him? Or the 100,000 people that go to his funeral? Are they not all parts of it, complicit in everything that takes place, have the same things? Well, Levi and Shimon, who, by the way, were called males. That's how we learned that a Bar boy are males. It's calculated they were only 13. I'm not sure how that works out, but yes, it, it apparently does work out. Uh, they were males, these men. Shimon and Levi were not prepared to sit on the fence. They were not prepared to just let something go by. And they blamed everyone. They took everyone responsible, not just Shem himself, but his family and the friends, the people that were silent, his community, the people around. They all, and they sacrificed, they took responsibility. I'm not going to go into right, wrong or otherwise and what Yaakov said about it and who was right or wrong. Yaakov was silenced in the end and he had no answer to, to Levi and, and, and Shimon. It's true they were separated later on when they came to Israel and each one had their own, responses, had their own uh, areas, etc. Or Levi didn't have their own, but they were split apart from each other. But still, it's a lot of lessons to be learned about not sitting on the fence and about selfless sacrifice and responsibility. In many ways, uh, that's the type of families that we have living in our neighbourhoods. And with, uh, once again, Hanukkah coming up, I very much think I, I identify strongly with Hanukkah. First of all, the first yeshiva boys and families moved into the first building 42 years ago during Hanukkah. And uh, the Maccabees fought for Yerushalayim. And even though they were outnumbered and the world was against them, even though today the United Nations, the EU, the Arab League, Hamas, PA, Arab money violence, hatred, there's a lot working against us. But we know that Am Yisrael stands by our side and will do whatever is necessary to keep Yerushalayim in Jewish hands. So join the Maccabim of today, see what you can do to help out. Uh, we're starting up a group now, we want people to be defenders of Yerushalayim, beyond projects that you may take on or even investments. We're calling all of Am Yisrael, anyone who loves Yerushalayim, something small, to be a defender, a magen Yerushalayim, a shield of Jerusalem, only $18 a month, you won't feel it. 
you should feel it because I want you to feel the life in that high dollars. But it won't make a huge difference. But if you've done Hora at Keva, give the credit card and every month automatically quietly goes off high. You send high to Yerushalayim. Yerushalayim high. Yerushalayim lives. Be a Maccabee. Join today the Maccabim. Shabbat Shalom. Parashat Vayishlach. I hope some of you listen to this whole thing.